TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Guy number two is uh, not here today, so it's one guy and one mic here on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. A couple days of rain, but you wake up this morning absolutely gorgeous here in the uh, fine city of Chicago. We hope the weather and the uh, spirit of your community, wherever you might be listening to this show, is equally as good as Chicago right now. Two guys and a mic, but uh, like I said before, the big dog not coming in today, so it's one guy, one mic, you can be guy number two today you can play co-host and uh if you come on for five or ten minutes and who knows if you're really good we might hire you because quite frankly at times i get tired of the big dog so your chance to be a co-host on chicago's number one rated america's number one rated uh, internet sports talk show not sure if we actually have the ratings but it sounds good to say that uh you could do that at 888-463-6748 that's 888-463-67 48 lots on the docket to talk about now here in Chicago. The Stanley Cup uh, buzz is finally coming to a lull, even though the Stanley Cup itself keeps showing up in all different weird places. I don't know how many. There's a lot of Hawk fans still excited about that. I have reached officially, officially reached a Stanley Cup location burnout. I don't know if uh, other people have got that here in Chicago, but I certainly have. Yes, David? It hasn't even been a week, and you're burnt out already. A uh, little burnt we had, out. We had to wait 50 years, and you're burned out after less than a week. You know, it, it, Way to show that team spirit there, Coach. <laughs> Logically, you are correct. That does not sound right, but what can I tell you? That's the way that I feel. Maybe it's because the World Cup. I've gone from one cup to another cup, but I will tell you, uh, burnout becoming the theme here. I made a rookie mistake here, Dave. The World Cup is a one-month, you know, drawn-out affair. It's sort of like football that you you play a game and you basically need like four, five, six, seven days rest before you can play the next game. People can argue that, but that's kind of the way they consider it. But uh, so I came out guns a blazing. I mean, the last three, four days, the first four or five days of the World Cup, I'm up at 6:30 a.m. breaking my normal morning routine, watching Honduras and Chile, watching Uruguay. Paraguay watching all these games, taping games coming home 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night when the kids are finally on the computer off of their TV movie and watching it. And I burned out. I like it. There's some big games on today, including, I think, one of the favorites, Spain, playing this afternoon. I have already, already hit World Cup burnout. I'm sure I'll come back. But, I, you know, I, I went out to like a horse race. I jumped out of the gate and I, you know, jumped to the front and I was leading by eight lengths and now all of a sudden the other horses are catching up to me. So I need a little break from the World Cup. Our listeners probably do too. I don't know how many people are. It's still certainly not water cooler conversation here in the States. At least in the Chicago area. World Cup, not that big of a story. It's sad that soccer hasn't become more and more popular. But anyway, yeah, I got a little burnout on the Stanley Cup, a little burnout in World Cup, getting back into uh, baseball. We got Game 7 coming up. Game 7! Two of the best words in all of sports. It'll be Thursday night, tomorrow night, Lakers take on the Boston Celtics. And let's hope that the uh, Celtics can put out a little bit of better show than they did last night. Looking to wrap it up, they laid a complete egg, 86-67. to 67. 67. Not a halftime score. 
Not a third quarter score. Final score at Los Angeles. Where do they play now? The Forum, the Staples Center. I can't keep track of all these stadiums, but uh, uh, at Los Angeles and the Celtics get absolutely crushed. And their starting center, Kendrick Perkins, I haven't heard the full medical report. We're trying to talk to our medical people here and get the full medical report. Actually, we don't have any medical people, so our medical people are trying to talk to their medical people. But it looks like Senator Kendrick Perkins, if, uh, I'm not a doctor, but that looked to me like a torn ACL. The big fellow, 6'10", 273-pound center for the Boston Celtic goes down. So he's going to probably be out for Game 7. Things not boding well for the Boston Celtics. Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant trying to win their sixth world championship, sixth NBA championship. That'll be tomorrow. Game 7, Thursday, pretty cool. NBA Finals, uh, I basically have not watched much of the first six games. I will be tuning in tomorrow. I will be, I, I've caught, you know, maybe two minutes, three minutes, maybe five minutes of the games. But, um, again, burn out the theme. I've had basketball burnout. Middle of June, I can't get into basketball, pro basketball. Not necessarily my favorite version of um, basketball. It's just hard to get into in the in the middle of June. But uh, Celtics, Lakers, tomorrow, Game 7, that should be interesting. we got the U.S. Open. Any golf fans out there, you want to start previewing the U.S. Open? Tomorrow's show will uh, go over and make some predictions, uh, and we might even do that a little bit today. Pebble Beach Golf Club, Pebble Beach, California. The U.S. Open returns there. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, the rest of them. Phil Mickelson, by the way, never, never has won a U.S. Open finish second five times. I think we got that correct. If my notes are correct, second place five different times. Believe the only major he has yet to win. So we'll see if Phil can um, pull out and win the U.S. Open. He's played well on Pebble Beach before. Tiger Woods has the sore neck. We'll see if he can come back from uh, injuries and, of course, all the psychological things he's been going through. But the U.S. Open, arguably one of the best, if not the best, golf tournament starting tomorrow. So lots of the docket here. And, of course, uh, we want to... Have conversation with you. The phone lines will be open throughout the show. 888-463-6748, the phone number. The coach flying solo today. And you can email us, of course, as per always, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. David Olson, our political expert, I did not get to watch the speech in its entirety. I turned in like 7, 8 o'clock. The speech was early. Barack Obama, sports guys talk politics. I completely missed the speech. I, I read the transcript, but I did not uh-huh. hear the speech live. What did it come on like at six? It was early. Yeah, okay. it was like at six or seven o'clock. It was it was early. It I was tuned early. in, flipping around the different channels. You know, the Celtics Lakers are on one channel. Last comic standing on channel seven. You know, you can make your jokes. I thought I was tuning into the Barack Obama political speech, and on for two hours was the last comic standing. By the way, I've never watched that show. There were some pretty good bits. Pretty good bits in there. Some hilarious bits, actually. But uh, So what? what is the response so far on the Barack Obama speech? I'm hearing a little positive, a little negative. Sports guys talk politics, part of our velour here on the uh, Two Guys Show. Uh, it's You'll hear positive from the people that uh, are on his side and negative from the people that are always against him. However, there are some that are on the left that don't think he came out forceful enough and should have really used this opportunity to uh, push – for clean energy even harder than he did. So, Okay. Reading the transcripts and the little bits in the paper and then the sound bites, it sounded like it's exactly what he did. He came out strong. Came out strong. Did he not say, we are going, whatever it takes, 
We're going to fix this oil spill. That's that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, once again, it, it it all depends on what side of the political spectrum you fall on. Okay. You know, uh, because the pundits were on right after he said, saying, well, he didn't say it was his top priority, and he didn't say it was, yeah, it, 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 the, the spin started already. Mm-hmm. So, All right, yeah, and again, I, I happen to be uh, primarily on the side of Barack Obama, not everything he does, but I happen to uh, lean to the left and lean to be a, uh, at times, strong supporter of Barack Obama, so maybe I'm not the most objective, but again, I didn't see the whole speech. I did see last comic standing, though. But, but based on the bits I saw, he came out extremely strong, saying we're going to do whatever it takes to protect the beautiful, beautiful Gulf Coast and make sure this oil spill never happens again. We're going to, you know, clean it up no matter what. I don't think he used the word top priority, but it seemed. It seemed like he came out pretty strong on that. And then um, the other very significant part of his speech was that we need to absolutely pursue alternative energy sources. So I don't know. Yeah, he said, yeah, this is, you know, just an example why we need to go this direction. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's basically using it as a plea to make sure cap and trade goes through. Mm -hmm. Was he wearing a a little Blackhawks logo on a sport coat? Any, any? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, Rahm Emanuel kept walking in the background with a cup above his head, just, you know, (laughs) kissed it a couple times. Hawks! Hey, Rahm, take it easy. That guy bothers me, by the way. I got, I got some inside scoop. Friend of a friend. Heard it from a friend who. Heard it from a friend who, friend of a friend of a friend who went to high school and was in the social group with Rahm Emanuel. Pretty good friend, you know, in the, in that clique. And you know how high school, you, after a while, you separate if you don't see people in college. So they went each other's ways. This is a, a female, not a dating, but just in that group with Rahm Emanuel and saw him later on when, um, I don't know, it might have been like four or five years ago. So he was a pretty big wig at that point. Not in the position he's in now, obviously, but uh, still a pretty big wig in Barack circle and Chicago circles. And apparently, uh, he, according to, again, friend of a friend of a friend, he completely blew her off. Didn't, you know, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, high, barely even acknowledged, was totally rude. This was like at a party. And someone who was in his social circle. Now, you could say that's a very small thing, but it really isn't, is it? It's, I think that's a, that's a indicator, a deep window into the character and the personality of a person. I'm not a big, I know he's Barack's number one guy. I'm not a big fan. No, neither am I. Neither am I. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of his when he, yeah. you know, was a congressman. Yeah. And, was, and Barack Obama talked about, and again, I'm a big Barack supporter, but he talked about changing things. We're going to, you know, change the political, I forget the exact words he used, but change the way things have been done in politics. People are tired of it, and they are. And that was one of the things that excited us about him. And then um, he surrounds himself with David Axelrod. He's not so bad. But then he picks Rahm Emanuel as his yeah, chief yeah, of yeah, staff. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, same old, same old. The ultimate yeah. political guy. Yep, yep. Come on. You're killing you know, me. No, a lot of people yeah. agree with you on that, even right. myself included. But myself Rahm was included. doing the Stanley Cup dance, uh, raising up the cup yeah, right yeah, behind yeah. Barack, huh? Very distracting, very distracting. Are you a, uh, are you a win? Wind tunnel guy, or uh, what's the word? Wind turbines? When we're talking alternative sources of energy. What are some of the alternative? You got solar? You got solar, right? you got wind turbines. Wind uh, turbines, okay, that's uh-huh. the correct word. Uh, what other options do we have? I want to check out all my options before I know which one I want to go with. I, I have to do a little bit more research okay. and get into that. Uh, clean coal technology is okay. another one. Where do we find clean coal? I have no idea. Okay. Once again, got to look into that. 
All right. Clean coal sounds good. We just know to find, you know, know where to find it. Anything to get us off of oil, though, right? Exactly. All exactly. Right. I like the wind. The wind theory is good. I would just worry, what if you go like a week with no wind? Is that a problem, or do they find ways to create wind? Then you start me- messing with the meteorological system. <laughs> Notice how I'm trying to delay as long as possible. Talk about the Chicago Cub defeat to the Oakland A's yesterday. Night I, I, yeah. I'd I, much rather talk about wind turbines and solar. Yeah, well, energy. you know they're putting those turbines in Lake Michigan and Evanston. Yeah, they're 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 popping up all over. I, I did not know that they were going up in Evanston. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. There was a big stink about it. Okay. They're going like two or three miles out into the lake. Are you sure those aren't just fans to cool off the Northwestern football team during it's, summer uh, practice? Uh, yeah, yeah, See, dual purpose. You got. <laughs> Alternative energy for the city of Evanston, and uh, hey, what the heck, cools off the Northwestern team in those brutal, brutal hot summer day drills. Not bad. Not bad. All right, well, if you if you watched Barack's speech, if you saw it, if you had comments on it, uh, sports guys talk politics, always part of the very fabric of our show here. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. especially when the Cubs and Sox have been struggling so much. And we do need to uh, turn our attention to baseball a little bit now that the Stanley Cup is fading sorry i know it's been six days and we had a 41 or whatever many year wait it was but time to start turning our attention to baseball a little bit white Sox actually playing some pretty good baseball if you're a south side fan here in chicago um not too bad six of their last eight white Sox beat pittsburgh yesterday six to four the ageless one freddie garcia uh, another victory for him. He's got seven wins, nothing brilliant. He wasn't great, but five and two thirds innings, not too bad in the uh, bullpen. They basically pitched to all four of their top bullpen guys. Boom, 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 boom. Not too much suspense. Uh, you brought in Sergio Santos, then Matt Thornton, and then uh, not Linebrink, but um, oh, JJ Putts. He's been very good. I think last eight or nine performances, last eight or nine uh, appearances, no runs given up by JJ Putts. Maybe. Things continue. Maybe Barack Obama should replace Rahm Emanuel and, you know, have J.J. Putz. Can you imagine if we had a Putz as the chief of staff? Some people think we already do. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. I think the Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmels and Conan O'Brien, whenever he gets his show back of the world, if J.J. Putz was the chief of staff, they'd have all their material written for it. It'd be a beautiful thing with the Sox bullpen. Bobby Jenks. Looked great yesterday. Struggling for most of the season. It was the Bobby Jenks of old yesterday. Very nicely done. Had the curveball work and had the fastball goal. White Sox win 6-4. to four. Gordon Beckham makes a return. He's starting to hit the ball. Starting to hit the ball a little bit. Couple of hits. Uh, three RBIs. Had a nice drive into the gap. So things looking up at least temporarily for the Chicago White Sox. Six of their last eight. And who knows. Maybe. Maybe they can rake a run at the Minnesota Twins, Detroit Tigers, Oakland A's, knock off the Cub. We're going to go over all the other uh, MLB games. It was not a particularly good day yesterday for the National League. Interleague Baseball, which I enjoy uh, very much. Uh, you know, how many times, uh, and I think most people are kind of getting used to it now. There's still a few baseball purists out there. Ah, oh, you can't have the American League take on the National. How many times can the Cubs play the Pittsburgh Pirates in a season? How many times do we have to see, you know, Cubs against uh, Milwaukee Brewer? I like those matchups, but, you know, 30 times, 28 or 20, 18, whatever it is, too many. I enjoy watching some of the other teams. Kind of neat to see the Chicago Cubs play the Oakland A's. It's not exactly the marquee matchup in uh, Major League Baseball. It's not the lead story for ESPN, but it's different. It's kind of neat. And even the White Sox taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates, although, uh, and again, burnout, the theme of today's show, I've got World Cup burnout already. 
I've got Stanley Cup burnout five days after a 41-year wait. Uh, and I've got burnout on the Pittsburgh Pirates, only because the Cubs have played them, it seems like, every other weekend. So, But, uh, you know, for the White Sox, it's something different, something new. So I like the interleague play, but the National League didn't like it yesterday. American League uh, just almost sweep it. A couple of victories for the National League, but other than that, it was all American League, uh, including the Oakland A's knocking off our beloved Cub. Nine to five, long rain delay, about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Some loyal fans uh, stuck it out. Loyal fans stuck it out, watched the game at Wrigley Field, and uh, unfortunately they were not treated to the greatest of baseball. But we have to try to avoid getting too negative. You listen to the sports talk radio and read some of the stuff in the newspapers, and you can definitely get down and negative on the Cubs. That's one way you can go. But you know what? You almost have to fight that urge, too, and um, try to find some joy. Try to find some beauty. Try to find some positives in Chicago Cub baseball. It's not the end of the world. Okay, The Cubs don't contend this year if they don't win the championship. Let's say they finish five games under 500. I'm just going to take a different approach here. I'm trying to talk myself into this. Worst things can happen. It's your sports team. If they finish five games under five, here's a, how about this for the ultimate glass half full. David Olson, I want this carded up here. This is optimism at its finest. With thoughts like this, I probably should be on Barack Obama's, uh, if not close staff, his immediate consultants. Uh, all right, you finish five games under 500, as the Cubs appear to be headed this season. There's 162 games in a season. Enjoy it. That means you're winning 79 games. 79 victories. That's more than the Bulls won this year. I told you, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into this, but think about that. You got 79 victories. Just go to each and every game. And just enjoy the, as long as they're playing hard. Now again, if they don't play hard, bad attitudes start kicking in, that's a different story. But from what I've seen from the Cubs, from what I've seen from the Cubs, there's no pack it in. It's not lack of hustle. It's a little bit of a lack of attention to detail. But, uh, you watch them, you know, in games, they're still fairly competitive. After victories, they're still up and, 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 so, you know, just go to the game, each individual matchup, watch it if they win. That is great. Try to find the positives. How's that for a ridiculously naive, but you know what? Not that dumb a theory. The Ricketts family is on the phone, and they want to know if you want to buy season tickets. It's possible. And they want you to tell all your friends with similar views as you Mm -hmm. to buy season tickets as well. There's not a problem selling tickets, is there? That's the least of the co-problem. Yeah, see, well, actually, because they're selling tickets, I would would argue that that's their biggest problem. That's the age-old argument? That, oh, yeah. they, that they lack motivation to win because they're selling yeah. the place out? Yep. See, I never yep. bought that. Yep. Why not? What That's... do you mean, why not? Why, why would they spend millions and millions of dollars to bring in ballplayers, not just the last couple of years, but everybody said the Chicago Tribune was cheap. They weren't that cheap. Spent a lot of money. Didn't spend it wisely, but spent a lot of money. These teams are competitive. They want to win. They're not just satisfied with filling up the ballpark. I've never, never bought into that argument. I, I I disagree. I think when the Ricketts family bought it, they knew they were basically buying an ATM machine because Cubs fans are loyal to a fault, and they're going to show mm-hmm. up and sell out that stadium no matter what is on that field. Well, I agree with that, but I think you can agree with that and still disagree with your your first statement. I mean, the Ricketts family can, can realize it's a good moneymaker, and you're right, they're going to sell out probably in the near future no matter what, but I don't think... That automatically means that they're not competitive and they don't want to win as bad as some other teams that aren't selling tickets. 
I don't think the two are digressions from each other. And I said the same thing when the Chicago Tribune owned it. I said, you know, they, they were competitive. These guys wanted to win. They hired Jim Hendry. Jim Hendry's a competitive guy. He wants to win. They went out and spent tons of money for, uh, you know, players that for a large part didn't work out, right? It was the Chicago Tribune that dished out the money for Kosuke Fukudome, right? It was the Chicago Tribune that dished out tons of money for Alfonso Soriano. And, you know, going back to, you know, Candy Maldonado and Mark Pryor and, Everybody, you know, I'm probably missing about three, four, five, six big paydays they dished out that did not work out that well. So, you know, I, I, I think they were competitive. Cub fans, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. I know that's a common argument, though. But um, so you like my theory, though, of just, you know, hey, just go to the park, cheer the team on, and enjoy. You're going to win 79 games this year. It's not bad. How many games did the Hawks win this year? Look at that. The Cub, the Cubs will win more. You will have more happy moments with the Cubs. More victories for the Cubs this year than the Blackhawks. How's that for <laughs> for taking the Cub half glass full to a uh, to the fullest extent? Cubs will win more games than the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Cubs will win more games than the Bulls, and obviously we know they're going to win more games than the Bears. All right, I'm getting ridiculous. We better take a break before I come up with more, more weird theories. It's just regular coffee in here. Just regular coffee. If you have any weird theories or want to shoot down any of my theories, you're more than welcome to do so at 888-463-674. We'll take a quick break. Two guys and a mic. Big Dog is off today. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. We'll come back, talk sports and more on the TalkZone.com. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Still not sure I like the way the guy says, once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Then, of course, when the big dog is on with me, he enthusiastically greets the big dog. But, you know, I've kind of kind of gotten over that at this point, kind of. Not totally, but kind of. 888-463-6748. Welcome back. Two guys in a Mike show here. TalkZone.com. Phone lines are open. You can email us, too, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We also have a fan page, Facebook page you can go to, TwoGuysMike.com. Check it out. Some interesting things out there, including the uh, Coach's Corner, which I probably need to change. It's been up there for about six weeks now, and... uh I think the title of the Coach's Corner is Early Season Baseball Thoughts, <laughs> where I was uh, waxing poetic on the Wrigley Field brand-new 
Was it the yeah the Buffalo dog, right? I think that's one of the things. I think on the coach's corner I had like 10 preseason thoughts. One of them was on Wrigley. No, the bison dog. That's what it was, the bison dog. And I think I was talking about the fact that uh, really, it's, you know, I thought with the Ricketts family coming over, new concessions, interesting foods, things are going to change a little bit. Same stuff. Same basic thing, but they added, you know, a bison dog. And then the problem was, if I remember correctly, that it's a footlong bison dog. I hate to revisit old times, but uh, I got the whole bison thing in my head now. So, you know, you want to try a bison hot dog. You want to maybe take a shot. It's a little bit dangerous. It's a little bit chancy. Some people might not want to, you know, take the dramatic move from a hot dog or a hamburger. But if you do want to go bison for a brief moment in time, okay, you know, the footlong thing is a little bit too much. Give me a, give me a little, you know, regular-sized bison. But the only size they got is the footlong. Very intimidating. They're not going to sell many of those. Who's going to take the leap and do a foot-long bison dog? And I don't know. Is it? I know on the Chicago hot dog, you're not supposed to put ketchup on it. Same thing apply for bison. I actually think ketchup and mustard will be just delightful with a bison dog. But anyhow, check out our Facebook page, our fan page at uh, twoguysmike.com. And again, our phone lines are open today. If you want to play co-host, Big Dog is off today. You can dial us up at 888-463-6748. World Cup action. I said I'm a little uh, burned out on it, but I did watch yesterday's action. And uh, we had Brazil defeating North Korea. This is kind of a neat match. Uh, number one ranked Brazil. Number one, they took on North Korea, 105th ranked. And somehow, and I'm not sure how the qualifying came, but North Korea made the round of 32, made the qualifying round, so they are in there. They made the World Cup first time in many, many, many years, and and, uh, so it was the the classic, David versus Goliath. Brazil against North Korea, and it was kind of odd, and again, David, from a political standpoint, it was a little weird, but I was rooting rather uh, strongly for North Korea. You know, and I think that's one of the great things about sports because, you know, we get so anti-North Korea because of the politics and because of their leader, the uh, wonderful Kim Jong-pyong or what's his name, Kim Jong-too? Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il. Yes. He is ill now. Yes, he is. Yes. But he was ill even before. So Kim Jong-il is ill. Yes. Thank you. But um, a little weird. Is it right? Is it wrong? To root for a team that's politics are so much different than ours. And again, I think one of the great things maybe sports can accomplish. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and then you watch the North Korean team. First of all, they may have been rated 105th, and Brazil might have been ranked first. And any World Cup fans you want to check it, I promise we won't spend a ton of time on it. But triple eight four six three six seven four eight. It was a pretty even game. Pretty even game. Brazil did not score till minute number 63. And you could see, uh, and they were pressure when I say even game. Brazil clearly had more shots on goal, but North Korea was much better than I thought when you look at number 105 rated team going up against number one. And again, it was 0-0 at half, 0-0 through about 12 minutes, maybe 15 minutes of the second half. And finally, uh, Brazil scored a goal, and it was kind of a, a weak goal given up by the goalie, too. So there was a little pressure in the game. North Korea, very athletic. Really quick, not as soccer skilled as the Brazil players, but uh, great athleticism, great size, great burst and quickness. But Brazil's uh, skill level and ability to handle the ball finally came through. They made a couple of nice overlap goals, and uh, 
ended out winning the game 2-1. to one. North Korea did score a goal late in the game, which was a big psychological boost for them. But you watch the North Korean players, and, you know, again, we read the paper, we hear such terrible things. And they were, like, totally sportsmanlike. Very cool. I think it's so cool watching the World Cup. And, and there's a few, you know, I've seen a few games that have been hotly contested, a few controversies. For the most part, though, the sportsmanship has been outstanding. And it was kind of neat to see that from the Brazil players and the North Korea players and to see uh, how cool it looked like the coach was a pretty nice guy and the North Korean players were so different. So different than the image we get, of course, uh, from their fearless or actually not-so-feared leader, Kim Jong-il. But North Korea went down in two defeat, uh, two to one Ivory Coast and Portugal 0-0 in that game. New Zealand tied Slovakia, which used to be Czechoslovakia. It is not Czechoslovakia anymore. It is just Slovakia. What happened to Czech? Is there a Czech Republic separate from Slovakia? When Czechoslovakia divided, there's a Slovakia, there's still a Czech Republic, right? See, we need Joel here, our geographical expert. Yeah, yeah, we need Joel for that one, because yeah. I am unsure. I would think so. I mean, yeah, otherwise, what happened to Czech? Czechoslovakia. You can't just have a Slovakia, you gotta, you got to have a place for the Czechs, too. New Zealand ties Slovakia one-to-one. Uh, on the docket for today, you got Honduras taking on Chile. You got Spain, the number two ranked team, taking on Switzerland. Uh, most experts will tell you Brazil and Spain are the likely teams to meet in the World Cup final. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but it'd be kind of fun to watch the uh, number two ranked or certainly one of the top teams. And then um, later today, I think three o'clock, actually the Spain Switzerland game ongoing as we speak. You got South Africa taking on Uruguay as round two begins. South Africa, the home team, of course, uh, they started off the competition back earlier in the week, or I think uh, back on Friday of last week. So they round two starts. Everybody gets to play three games, top two teams in each pool qualifying. Uh, South Africa, kind of fun to watch the home team, although a lot of people complain about the Vuvuglios that are making those weird, strange buzzing sounds. doesn't bother me. It's one of the nice nice things about being hard of hearing. Everybody's been complaining about those. Yes, that doesn't bother me. Barely hear it at all. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, South Africa, Uruguay, I think that's coming out at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Kind of fun to watch the home team. The crowd will be going crazy. And South Africa uh, lost their first game, but not a bad team. That could be a contested matchup. So the World Cup about to enter round two. And this whole thing takes um, three weeks, close to a month. So it is an extended event. And, again, um, not that much of a buzz here in the United States, but worldwide. I think it was Joel who said, and I was a little surprised, rather definitively, that the World Cup bigger. Bigger than the Olympic Games. Not sure I totally agree with that, but uh, just to hear a man of uh, Joel's breadth and width of sports perspective, shall we say, to say uh, without much thinking that the World Cup definitely bigger overall worldwide than the Olympic Games. That's pretty strong stuff. So the World Cup, uh, we'll talk about it uh, on occasion, early and often here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. 888-463-6748, the phone number if you want to dial in. We were talking to baseball right before the break. Oakland A's knock off our beloved Cubs yesterday, 9-5. to Four errors, a couple by the rookie. Tyler Colvin out in right field, a couple by Derek Lee at first base. Normally a very good fielding first baseman. So tough day in the field. They made a couple of base running errors. And I talked about the Cubs, um, you know, still playing hard. And I don't see them packing it in. And I think, you know, overall it's a good bunch of guys. It's not an unlikable team. So you still, in my opinion, you still go out and root for them. Derek Lee said it the best. People can poo-poo what I say. And 
say I'm just being a ridiculous optimist and that these guys are paying millions of dollars. They can handle their criticism. Well, they can. There's no question about that. But Derek Lee said it best. He said, hey, we're not negative. You know, the clubhouse is fine. We're going out each and every game trying to win. Nothing wrong here. We're not performing. We're not playing like we would like to play. But, you know, we're not negative. The newspapers are negative. The people on talk radio are negative. The, you know, some of the people talking on the street are negative. But we're not negative. Our Cub team itself, we're going out each and every game competing and uh, hopefully trying to win as many games as possible. Kind of a good common sense thought process. He's cutting through all the rest of the crapola by Derek Lee. Might be worth uh, pausing and thinking about that just a little bit. Maybe not. I'm not as crazy or at least not quite as crazy as you might think I am with some of my overly optimistic thoughts. But uh, admittedly, admittedly, this year's Cubs team is trying to make it a little more difficult to be optimistic. On the bright side, by the way, speaking of optimism, Tyler Colvin, he had the two errors. Did hit a home run, got a couple of more hits. He's hitting 314. Looks like they got a good young outfielder on the way. And uh, Lupiniel has pretty much stated he's going to play a lot more. Right now he's kind of filling in for Kosuke Fukudome, but they'll rotate him around a little bit. Cubs lose to the A's, though, 9-5. to They're back at it today. White Sox, as we mentioned, beat uh, Pittsburgh. Got a couple of big hits from Alexi Rodriguez and or Alexi Ramirez and Gordon Beckham, two of their young stars. So it was nice to see the young kids on both sides of town, playing pretty good baseball. Uh, interleague baseball, we mentioned, we'll go down uh, game by game real quick here in the uh, Major League Baseball interleague play. We mentioned the American League dominating yesterday and over the weekend. I think it was pretty much split over the weekend, National League and American League, but not a good day for the National League yesterday. Mets, however, were one of the few National League teams that did win. They beat the Cleveland Indians 7-6 to in the um, New York Mets with the what do they call him? Gandhi. Jerry Manuel, their fine manager who was was seen moving and actually with facial expressions in the dugout yesterday, which is very, very rare for Jerry Manuel. I still am convinced that there is uh, his assistant coach is just propping Jerry Manuel up. That possibly Jerry like passed away a couple of years ago and that the assistant coach is actually running the show, doesn't want to take all the heat. They prop Jerry up for the uh, two and a half hours of the game, and then um, on their happy way they go. A lot of times hasn't been that happy for the Mets, but of late, it has. 16 of their last 21, the New York Mets playing very good baseball. David Wright, uh, after a kind of a rough start, playing very good baseball as well. Yankees knocked off Philadelphia 8-3, to rare, rare beating of Roy Halladay. He had an off game. Yankees hit three Home runs against him, so the Yankees beat Philadelphia. Boy, uh, what, six weeks ago, five weeks ago? People were talking about, including my good partner, our baseball expert, the big dog, Joe Redwanski, talking about the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you know, the likely, likely World Series opponent, clearly the team to beat in the National League. They may be yet. They may be down the road, but they have hit an extended slump. I mean, they just stopped hitting the ball. Which is amazing because we took, maybe they just got comfort, uh, they got comfortable. Maybe they just kept hearing, you know, the, all the great reputation of their hitters. But we talked about it here on the show, probably the best batting lineup from top to bottom. Loaded. Loaded from the one spot down to the eight spot. And maybe they got a little uh, comfortable thinking, hey, if I don't have a good game, the next guy's going to get it. You lose your edge a little bit, no matter how talented are, can come back and bite you. But, uh, something like 15 of the last 21, they've gone down. 15 of the last 21 for the Philadelphia Phillies, and they lose again to the Yankees yesterday, 8-3. to So we'll see if they can rebound and, uh, in fact, become what they were predicted to be, the uh, team to beat 
in the National League. Detroit Tigers knocked off Washington 7-4. to Speaking of Washington, David Olson, the uh, young superstar, Steven Strasburg, scheduled to pitch against our White Sox on Friday. So that's going to be pretty cool. He is uh, will be making his third appearance, and I believe, think that game's going to be an away game, but we got to double-check that. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. If it's here at White Sox Park, I'm sure they will draw a big crowd for that. Steven Strasburg making an appearance against the White Sox. Tigers beat Washington yesterday 7-4. to Boston knocked off Arizona Red Sox. The Red Sox have bounced back with a band. And remember the bad start they had at one point? I think they lost five, six, maybe even seven games in a row. You had Tampa Bay rolling. You had the Yankees rolling. Toronto was playing very well. Boston was in fourth place. Four, five, six games below 500. And you thought maybe finally things have caught up to the Red Sox. Forget about it. They are back. They are back. They're uh, eight games over 500, I believe. Only four games out of first place. And they win yesterday, beating Arizona 6-3. to Clay Buckholes, their young pitcher, pitching very well. David Big Poppy Ortiz, who had a brutal start to the season. Home run for Big Pop. Another one. Red Sox continue to move on. Another win for the American League. Texas knocks off Florida 3-2. to Ninth inning, Matt Trainer, pinch hitter. Two-run triple to win the ball game. How about it? Texas Ranger manager. Who is the Texas Ranger manager? Don't know who the Texas Ranger manager. Whoever he is made the right call, brought Trainer off the bench, and got a two-run triple. Texas knocks off the Marlins 3-2. to St. Louis Cardinals beat St. Louis 4-2. to Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon, last pitch for the Cardinals back in 2006. They brought him back to the franchise. He starts yesterday. He's not great, but he's good. Good enough to get a victory in the Cardinals. Knock off Seattle 4-2. to Another loss for the National League. Minnesota knocks off uh, Colorado 9-3. to Carl Pavano, he's still pitching. Carl Pavano, wow, still hanging around Major League Baseball. Uh, they beat Colorado 9-3. to How about this for a stat? I think I read this in the paper. The Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins, interleague baseball, last five years, 57 wins, 22 losses. Minnesota Twins, low-budget team, by the way, right? Not not the lowest, but clearly below the uh, major league median. Low-budget team, Minnesota Twins, having great success. They have not won the uh, World Series yet, but having great success, I think a lot of teams would have very much like the trade records with the Minnesota Twins the last six, seven, eight, nine, probably as much as 10 years. You spend wisely. You have a good farm system. You have good managers. You have good administrators. You put a good program together you don't need to spend tons of dollars. I've been trying to tell our Major League Baseball teams that for a long time, and I think the mentality of the fans is for that right now. It almost compares to politics. Where I think right now, you know, everybody used to be Democrat, Republican, Republican, Democrat. There's a new mentality in politics right now, and it's not Republican as Democrat, it's anti politic. It's anti the way things have been going and currently are going. Okay, and I think it's the same thing in Major League Baseball. You get a little bit of that. It's not a perfectly synonymous comparison, but uh, it's a little bit in that I think. Fans are looking for young players, are looking for players that hustle, players that have the spirit, not necessarily a lot of these overpaid guys that get tons, you know, five-year contracts for $50 million, and then they don't produce. So I think teams like the Minnesota Twins, if you can find ways to do it, and they got to pay a few players, but overall, overall not dishing out tons of money, not picking up a ton of veterans, 
you know, with two months left in the season and paying them millions and millions of dollars. I think the fans very much like the political mood, the political climate right now. I think not just baseball, but pro sports fans are kind of in that mindset. End of uh, soliloquy. Minnesota Twins knock off Colorado 9-3. 57-22. Just dominating. Dominating the National League in interleague play over the five years. That's pretty impressive. Kansas City, another clocking for the American League, hits, uh, beats Houston 15-7. to It's a rough day for the National League. Interleague play will continue. We'll talk about it more. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you want to talk some baseball, we can do that here, 888-463-6748. When we come back, we'll talk NBA Finals, a couple other news and notes in the world of basketball. One general manager has resigned, and one um, very good college coach has decided not to jump to the pro. So we'll talk a little NBA Game 7. Wow. June 17th, the NBA season will end Game 7. Coming up tomorrow, Celtics Lakers. Want to talk some NBA basketball? Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. Two guys in a mic. Minus guy number two today. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Get to the NBA in just a second, but we mentioned uh, tomorrow the U.S. Open starts. Welcome back to Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com, U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, California. Never been to beautiful Pebble Beach, California, not even sure where it is, except I'm pretty sure um, it's in California. That much we got. Beautiful golf club course. Great tradition there. U.S. Open. Uh, the winner last year, nobody can remember it, but uh, was Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover coming out of nowhere. A couple of years ago, Tiger Woods. The year before that, Angel Cabrera was the winner. And um, teeing off tomorrow, 9 a.m. You want to talk some golf, talk some U.S. Open. Maybe the, you know, one can argue the Masters probably still the greatest tradition. I still, there's still to me, and I'm not a huge golf fan, but to me, something about the British Open. That's the one I almost enjoy watching the most. There's something about sitting at home on a lazy Sunday, preferably it's not too nice outside, and just tuning into the British Open, the lush greenery. All of a sudden, I'm talking like a golf announcer of the British Open. But to me, and again, I'm not golf is not my number one thing. I do enjoy watching a final day of a major, but I don't follow it that much. But for some reason to me, the British Open has the most special feel. The Masters has the tradition, but there are many. There are many that will argue that the U.S. Open is as big, if not bigger, than any of those. It opens up uh, tomorrow, teeing off at 9 a.m. in case you're keeping score at home. Dean Pappas, Gary Woodland, and Paul Sheehan will tip it off. We'll tip it off. Watch out for Scott Verplank. 
and Jeff Ogilvie, David Olson. Those are my two picks. Scott for Plank and Jeff Ogilvie. I'm bound to hit on one eventually. Now, you know, you can say a coach throwing out another or a ridiculous prediction. I believe our uh, web editor yesterday put down that there was only only one radio talk show, web show, whatever you want to call this, that predicted at the start of the playoffs that the Boston Celtics may be the team to beat. That the pick to click. I don't know that I ever flat out came out and said the Boston Celtics will win the NBA championship, but they were the team I said, said, watch out for. I got a feeling they're going to be the surprise team. So in fairness, I didn't pick them straight out to win the championship, but uh, also in fairness, if you remember back, I went to the NBA playoff start, like back, I think, right, like day after Christmas, it seems like. But a month ago, the Boston Celtics finished the regular season and there was one one word to describe the Celtics at the end of the regular season, and that was old. And maybe word number two would be tired. So they came into the playoffs, and, and no, you know all the different analysis in the Eastern Division, Orlando, Cleveland, the Atlanta Hawks could surprise nobody. Nobody was talking about the Boston Celtics right here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. We hit the bullseye. We threw the dart at the dartboard and finally hit something right. The Boston Celtics, in fact, did. In fact, did knock off all the uh, competition in the East, which included LeBron James and his Cleveland Cavalier, which included Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic, and the Celtics were in the championship game uh, or in the NBA championships, as everybody knows now. Game 7 coming up tomorrow. They laid an egg yesterday, though. Wow. Wow. 86-67. The Lakers played good. Boston Celtics played horrible. Didn't watch that much of the game. I can't provide you a... Tremendous game analysis. And again, if you're an NBA fan, you want to talk some hoop with us, 888-463-6748, the phone number, but 67 points. Got a little bit of scoring out of uh, old man Ray Allen. Got a little bit of scoring out of grandpa Paul Pierce. But the uh, the bench, the young guys, zeros across the board. Big baby Glenn Robinson, a no-show. Nate Robinson played a little bit. Shannon Brown, not much. Or Shannon Brown's on the uh, Lakers. I got Shannon Brown in my head because he has ESPN highlight number one on that slam dunk. But what happened to the Boston Celtics yesterday? Not much help from the bench. And they're going to need help from the bench because the Kendrick Perkins is down and he is gone in all likelihood. Not going to play in game seven. And he, of course, is the guy battling Paul Gasol inside, trying to defend, get some tough rebounds for them. He's not a big scorer, but he's a big part of the Boston Celtics mentality. No question about it. So they're going to be missing Kendrick Perkins, and uh, we will see. And I know the Lakers are down Andrew Bynum, and that's going to hurt them. But the, all the momentum going for the Los Angeles Lakers right now. All the momentum. Celtics won game one. Lakers came back, won the next two. Celtics win game four. Celtics win game five, go up three to two. But back at the forum yesterday, Phil Jackson had that smug smile on his face. And they pull off the victory in game six, again, holding the uh, Boston Celtics to 67 points. By the way, here in Chicago, we're uh, kind of watching with interest, particularly the Boston team, and particularly their defensive concepts as the Boston Celtic assistant, Tom Thibodeau, going to be the next head coach of our Chicago Bull. So we're kind of getting a preview a little bit of uh, maybe what some of the Chicago Bulls' defensive schemes could look like next year. But Game 7 coming up tomorrow. Again, you want to talk about it, 888-463-6748. Two of the great traditions in the NBA. Maybe the greatest rivalry in the NBA, Celtics and Lakers. 
at the Lakers. Kobe Bryant, one of the greats of all time, going up against the Boston Celtics. I'm trying to build myself up to this, by the way, in case you haven't figured it out. Because I'm not that excited about it. <laughs> but I'm trying to build up the momentum here. And again, I haven't been watching much of the first six games. I'm hoping, hoping tomorrow that I'll get, uh, you know, maybe even from start to finish watching game seven. But to be honest, I'll probably just catch the second half and hope it's a close game. But I think the big key right now is can the Boston Celtics uh, hang in? I think everybody would be shocked if the Celtics were to pull away from the Lakers. But there's, there's a definite chance the Lakers could pull away from the Celtics right now. In Game 7, you could see that scenario happening. Hopefully it'll be close. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? Go down to the final quarter, Game 7, tight ball game. Then you're talking, even the fans that are not pro basketball fans, then you're talking some serious suspense, some human drama. Everything good about the world of sports in a situation like that. Again, you don't have to be a basketball fan. And these are guys that have played at the highest level. And many of them, Pierce and Allen and Kobe. And Powell Gasol, many of these guys have played in pressure, pressure pack games in high school, in college, and many over and over and over again in the pros. It don't matter. You go game seven, you go to the final quarter of that game, every shot, every defensive position, uh, possession rather, every free throw becomes drama. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So here, I'm I'm probably rooting for the Celtics a little bit, but the biggest thing I want to see out of game seven, close down the stretch. Give me a good close fourth quarter. I want to see Ron Artest shoot free throws down the stretch. If you're a Laker fan, you probably don't want to see Ron Artest shoot free throws down the stretch. Kobe Bryant takes some good shots. Takes some good shots. That's that's one of the big keys. I think if it's close, Kobe Bryant, who has done a better job, certainly during the regular season, off and on during the playoffs, of scoring points but including his teammates and not forcing up just ridiculous shots and dominating the ball. And when he does that, the other players, just by human nature, tend to stand around. But come fourth quarter of a Game 7, under pressure, you may very well revert back to old habits. And we've seen that from Kobe Bryant when the Lakers have been down in some of the games and they needed some desperation three-pointers. Three guys hanging over him. Off balance, three-point. Pass the ball! I know you're the best shooter they got, Kobe, but Derek Fisher, open is a better percentage shooter than you with three guys on you falling off balance. Don't hog the ball that much. So the question is if, if the Celtics can keep it close, down the fourth quarter stretch, will Kobe Bryant revert to his old habits and try to do everything? I think the Celtics have more pressure weapons. Have more pressure weapons. So I'm telling you right here, if it's close, fourth quarter, I think the Boston Celtics pull it out. Because I think a lot of the Laker players will stand around and watch Kobe Bryant see what they want to do. How about that for a theory? I just talk myself into it. Brilliant. Brilliant sports analysis here on the two guys at a mic show. 888-463-6748. The phone number we should also mention. Uh, oh, we mentioned there's two other uh, NBA notes. One, Steve Kerr. A little bit of a surprise. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. You remember Steve Kerr is a player for the Chicago Bulls? I do. Yeah, Back in Arizona, they were the famous PA announcer would... Uh, you go, basketball, Steve Kerr, and the fans would all go, Steve Kerr, and the PA announcer, Steve Kerr with the basket, and the fans would all go, Steve Kerr, became a shtick at Arizona. He had a great, great career with the Chicago Bulls, and then he became a, a very good announcer, had a great gig as an announcer, and then like an idiot, and I say that facetiously, or I say that no, no harm intended. 
He takes a general manager job of the Phoenix Suns, announcing, you get a great gig. You got time with the family. Not that much. You got plenty of time in the offseason, right? No pressure for the games. You know, you prepare a little bit. Steve Kerr was an excellent announcer. He takes the GM gig, and then, oh, a grind, grind, grind. At any rate, the uh, conclusion of the story is Steve Kerr has given up the general manager gig. He said he was not pushed out. Not being fired, he had a pretty good run with the Phoenix Suns. He didn't win him a championship, but ex-Chicago Bulls Steve Kerr is um, leaving as general manager. And the obvious thing to think about is Doug Collins, one of their lead NBA analysts. He's become the Philadelphia 76er coach, so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Steve Kerr will probably step back in where he was very good at announcing the games. The other uh, NBA news to note, Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo uh, turns down millions and millions of dollars to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers. He will remain the coach at Michigan State. Interesting. Of course, it's interesting anybody taking the Cavaliers' job right now because you don't know if you're going to get LeBron James or not. So you're hiring a head coach. It could be a great position, or it could be one where you're rebuilding. And you almost got to decide, I guess it's a little bit of a catch-22, right, LeBron? Doesn't know if he's coming, but he wants to wait to see if they have a coach. And the coach doesn't know if he wants to come to Cleveland because they want to make sure if LeBron's there or not. For transcripts of today's show, you can write us or email us. We'll send you a copy. Uh, twoguysmike.com. Twoguysmike.com. Transcripts of today's show. I don't know why anyway. Well, one transcripts of today's show, but God forbid you want to, we'll send them out to you. We'll first class them to you. We'll send them uh, next day overnight. All right, 888-463-6748. David Olson, I've been informed that the rare moment in time we will actually have uh, living in person, the John Kelly in the studio today. So will this be like one of the few times the fans can see him via the webcast? Uh, yes, yes it is. Wow. So some people that think John Kelly is uh, strictly a myth, made up of technological sounds that they're, you know, they all they, they look at the webcast here, there's nobody sitting here. The real John Kelly will be in the, sitting in the same seat I'm sitting in. Yes, yeah, we've actually we've actually got a backlog, because we've got John Kelly in the standby office, Uh-oh. and we've got Robin Earl who's coming up at noon, uh, sitting out by the receptionist desk. Wow, it's unbelievable. Robert, ex Chicago Bear, Robin Earl, ex Chicago Bear, Robin Earl, fine tight end for the Chicago Bears, that out of correct, the University sir. of Washington. Even though I said the University of USC about five times different during my uh, Comcast High School broadcast. Now, one other thing, David, I noticed, uh, and folks, if you want to go to the uh, TalkZone.com website, I guess if you're listening to the show, you're on it, aren't you? So pretty pretty dumb thing yeah, to say. Yeah, in some one way, shape, or form. You're, you're either on the site or you're listening from a player. So Okay, so the TalkZone.com website. Now, if you're familiar with it, the, the banners of the show rotate so that they show all the different shows. Now, I've noticed... I've noticed that, you know, some shows stay up there for like three seconds, five seconds, eight seconds, and come up there early and often. I don't know if you got to pay more for this particular thing, but I'm noticing when the two guys at Mike's thing, because I was like, two guys at a mic, boom, boom, on to the next show. And then other shows are up there for like 10 or 15 seconds. Of Hub Arkush. The Hubster obviously has uh, some push around here. The Bob Woodson show. What is the Bob Woodson show? It's about youth violence. I beg your pardon? Combating youth violence. Oh, that's cool. I may have to listen to that show. Wild About Pets gets a lot of publicity on this station. It's unbelievable. Wild About Two Guys in a Mic is on there for like a second and a half. 
and Wild About Pets is on there for like uh, 10 seconds, and then it rotates up there about every third or fourth banner. Fascinating radio, I'm sure, for the people listening, but, you know, i got to get get that off my chest. All right, we've got to wind up today's show. We do appreciate everybody listening. Big Dog will be back tomorrow. We'll be talking, hopefully, hopefully about a Chicago Cub victory, maybe. God forbid we could even get the White Sox and Cubs to win uh, at the same time. U.S. Open preview, and I know the U.S. Open will actually have started, but uh, it doesn't matter. We'll do our U.S. Open preview. Also, David, with your permission, we'll give a little cash away tomorrow. People want to pick the winner of the U.S. Open. If they win, we can throw some cash their way. As long as it's your cash, I have absolutely no problem with that. <laughs> it's, we're not breaking any station regulations, huh? All right, we'll talk some more World Cup soccer, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com, signing off live and in person. Winning Wednesdays with the one and only John Kelly coming up in two minutes.